It's episode 118 of The Platformers, a show about nerd culture. I'm your host, Brian Barnett. Uh, Chris is not here this week, and neither is anybody else, so today is going to be a little bit of a different podcast with just me going over some game reviews and things like that. Um, But before uh, we get into that, uh, Chris recorded a message for everybody that I'm going to go ahead and cut to now. So uh, here's Chris. Hey everyone, it's Chris. Um, if I sound a little sick, it's because I'm getting over a cold. Um, I wanted to make a quick announcement. Um, we have been doing the show for a little over two two years or so, I believe, right? That's embarrassing. Anyway, um, we've been doing this for quite a while. And when we set out to do it, um, me, Brian, and uh, Marty used to be on the show, um, we did it as a way to kind of keep in touch to get each other invested in, you know, what games each of us were playing um, and things like that. And it's been awesome. Um, but, you know, over time, uh, life has gotten a little in the way. I bought a house this year. And um, and, and part of the reason we we did the show as well was like almost like this dream that someday we would work somehow in the industry. Um, when we started, we were just a couple guys that liked to play video games and had to have some way to talk about it. And now, you know, Brian between working for Nintendo and, uh, working for IGN, um, is killing it right now. Um, and I have been, um, Oh, he just messaged me. Hey, Brian. Um, and I have been uh, doing social media for IGN uh, on the weekends. So I have a seven-day work week, um, as many of you probably know at this point on the show. Um, on top of that, um, I recently, originally what it started with at uh, the school I work at, Delaware Valley University um, in PA, um, we they had reached out to me and said, hey, we're thinking about looking into starting an esports program. Um you know, do you want to help out with that? And that's kind of how the conversation started. Then it turned into, do you want to help get this off the ground? And now it's turned into, hey, do you want to run it and be a coach and um, kind of be the guy? Um, So my life has pretty much become consumed with work. Um, Any free moment that I get that isn't spent working on the house or spending time with Jess... Um, or trying to see my family, who I haven't seen in a couple weeks now. Um, really, since Brian was here, I think was the last time I saw them. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm completely overwhelmed at this point. And the show is meant to be a celebration of what we're playing and discussing what we're ta- what we've been playing and our opinions on them and everything like that. And over the past few months, I just felt that I haven't been able to contribute Um, nearly to the level that Brian has been, um, specifically because a lot of what he does now for a living is, uh, you know, play games and review them for Nintendo. And he just did the Thronebreaker guide for IGN. Um, So he's got a lot of content to talk about. And I don't. Um, Really, any free time that I get, I'm hopping into Destiny because it's like the comfortable spot for me to be in and I know I can hop in and I can do my bounties and I can have fun and I can get out. Um, so it's been 
a struggle for me to continue doing the show because and Brian and I are cool, obviously. He put me he put this in the podcast. You know, Brian is very much still one of my very best friends. Um but I've just gotten to the point where I'm so limited on time that even that two or three hours that we take to record a podcast every week, um, I could finally actually have some free time either to myself again or to do a myriad of any other you know amount of things that I need to get done. Um, so I've decided I need to step away uh, from the podcast for a while. Um, I don't think I'll come back um or because uh, there's also a very good chance i don't know what brian's going to do with the podcast either um just to be as transparent as possible um he's at a point where he has a lot of content that he cre- can create and has a lot of contacts in the industry um you know that's obviously up to him as far as how he wants to handle that um but brian is too hard of a worker to not do something so I'm sure whatever, keep an eye on his Twitter, obviously. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure he will, if the platformers doesn't continue, um, he will continue on in some fashion. And hopefully at some point you'll see his name pop up or his face pop up rather on IGN sooner rather than later. Um, if they, you know, decide they want to hire him full time um, and he gets to live the lifelong dream that we've all had, you know, since we were wee lads. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, at this point, I need to focus on my relationship, um, my family, and the <laughs> the four jobs that I'm now holding at this point. Because, um, like, last week, I, w- I worked about 80 hours, um, and I, that's how I ended up getting sick. Um, so, I need, and, like, really, I need to focus on my own personal health and care and making sure that I'm getting what I need out of this crazy thing we call life. Um, I'm fine. <clears throat> I, Jesus, I don't sound it. But, you know, um, if I seem like I'm not as engaged in Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, it's just because I'm working, really, is what it comes down to. Um, that being said please continue to support the show and Brian and all his endeavors and my endeavors. Um, you can still find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shrives93. Um, and you can also check out uh, as we you know develop this program at Delval University or Delaware Valley University. I can't say Delval University for some reason. Um, that uh, if you want to keep an eye on any of that, you can follow that account on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Delval Esports at some point. Um, we will begin hosting matches of Overwatch and uh, Smite and League of Legends and things like that as time goes on uh, on Twitch. And, you know, we'll announce that as as that comes. Um, but for now, I need to... Um, I need to just focus on the billions of other things that I have going on in life. Um, I've loved doing the show. It's taught me a lot about myself, about uh, the gaming industry, for sure. Um, And, yeah, just thank you for everyone that's stuck around and listened for this long. Um, Feel free to reach out. Um, And if not, I understand, too. But um, I hope everybody has a safe uh, holiday. 
and uh, a fun holiday and a good Thanksgiving. And I hope you get all the fun things from Santa and Black Friday and whatever you will. But for now, I need to get ready because I have to be in work in 40 minutes. And um, I have to make sure I get this file to Brian as soon as I can. But I love you all. Thank you so much for everything. Bye. So there you have it. Um, like Chris said, um, there are probably going to be some changes with the show. Um, I'm still trying to work out how this is going to work because it has been Chris and myself as kind of the two staple um, co-hosts on the show with other people kind of revolving in and out. Um, at the moment, I don't really have a, uh, a solid second. Um, and also there have been kind of some shakeups and uh, big happenings in some of our other hosts' lives. Um, so I'm still trying to work that out. Uh, if you, like Chris said, if you keep an eye on my Twitter account, um, I will keep you guys all updated. Uh, and my current goal is to is to keep the show going. I'm just not sure how that's going to work. Um, if I'll need to, I mean, full transparency, if, if I may need to find uh, new people to co-host the show with, or if there's some sort of other arrangement that I can, uh, that I can reach with some of our other occasional hosts to step up or something like that. Uh, my, my plan is to still bring podcasts to you guys. Um, but I may also, start streaming there there are a couple of different uh, of different options um for us to well i guess for me to get uh content to you guys so uh if you have uh feedback or if there are some things that you would like to see now is the time to speak up um if you guys really want the podcast to continue please 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 don't assume anyone else is going to tell me uh reach out to me on twitter at ribnax uh r-i-b-n-a-x um, and let me know, um, because every voice and every opinion matters and, uh, and I love all of you and it's been, uh, amazing creating this and, and, you know, having you guys listen and, and things like that. Uh, it's been great. I'd love to keep doing it, but I, I need to, I need to figure some stuff out. So uh, episodes might be a little bit less frequent for a while until we sort things out. Um, and if we end up making a switch in a, in a huge other direction, you will be the first to know. Uh, so um, I am just going to walk you guys through some of the stuff that I was doing, some of the games that I'm reviewing and what is going on kind of in the world of games this week. It's going to be a solo podcast. Might be a little bit weird, but you know what? Just let me know what you think because... When nobody can make it, I got to hold down the fort. I got to get you guys your episode every week. So, um, we had a bit of news come out. Um, PlayStation, uh, it was just revealed that uh, Sony, for the first time in 24 years, is actually not going to be at E3 next year, which is a little weird. Um, and a lot of people are saying, well, maybe this is because... Sony doesn't have enough to do. Maybe this is because they're gearing up and they're really going to hit it hard next time with an announcement of the PlayStation 5, something like that. But it's very, very interesting. So I think we'll probably see um, a little bit of Xbox and what they're planning to do. Although I wouldn't expect any major announcements because they just acquired all of those studios and they haven't had enough time to percolate and make anything crazy. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump on in. Um, 
so I played uh, a bit of Disgaea 5 Complete, and I'm basically just never going to do anything else for the rest of my life because uh, I played over 130 hours of Disgaea 5 Alliance of Vengeance uh, on the PlayStation 4, and I pretty much think I'm going to do all that over again on PC because it's freaking really good. Um, that's one of those kind of default games for me um, where which my game right now, um, which has been since uh, late January has been Dragon Ball Fighters, where basically if I'm bored, like that's kind of like my layback. I'm just going to chill for a while. I'm just going to play this game uh, and relax. But um, a game like Disgaea 5 Complete is way, way, way more relaxing because it's turn based and it's a strategy game instead of a fighting game. But it's just like it's a game that, you know, the, the game never moves forward unless you do. So you can just step up and go make yourself a sandwich and come back and then take your turn and things like that. So, um, it's awesome grid based, but we, uh, James and I discussed Disgaea one complete, uh, on the podcast. And basically, although a lot, I know a lot of diehard Disgaea fans really, really prefer the story of Laharl, Etna and Flan, um, in Disgaea one complete, the systems are absolutely better, uh, in Disgaea five. So if you're looking for, a really good kind of tactical um, grid based massive RPG that can, that you can literally play forever because the item world uh, I think literally has a hundred levels in it for each item that you obtain. And for each map that you complete within those, you get more items. So it's, it's literally endless. You can play Disgaea for as long as you want. Um, In fact, I played the first game on PS2 for, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. It was ridiculous. Um, Speaking of strategy games, I also um, played Into the Breach uh, this week. My review should be going up on Nintendo uh, fairly soon. Um, Into the Breach uh, is on Switch, and it is a, like Disgaea, it is a grid-based strategy game. However, unlike Disgaea, you don't do any grinding really um, in Disgaea, your characters can go up to like level 9,999 and then you can reincarnate them, store a portion of those stats and then level up again. So you can just constantly increase your stats up into the millions. Like, I think the cap is like 15 million in stats or something like that for each stat. It's absolutely absurd. You're doing just millions and hundreds of millions and billions of damage on, on like multi-hitting attacks. It's like, it's like, what if Omni Slash from Final Fantasy actually became ridiculous? Like, if you took Omni Slash as, like, a starting point and then ramped up from there to infinity, basically. Um, but Into the Breach is different because uh, at the beginning, um, instead of being, like, a, a, a super lengthy RPG um, where you develop, like, a whole host of characters, in Into the Breach, you only have three units, um, and they are these mechs. So the whole, the whole premise of Into the Breach is you play this squadron of time-traveling uh, mechs, um, and you're trying to fend off the infestation of an insectoid race called the Vec, who are basically burrowing up uh, onto the surface and then attacking uh, civilization and things like that. Um, so the, the the maps are like, they're little 8x8 eight eight maps, Um and each of your 
units can do something different. So um, they start you out and you've got one kind of power armor looking mech and its primary way that it attacks is it walks up to somebody, punches them for a couple of damage, but it then moves them one space away, um, which is a huge deal. Um, Basically damage dealing abilities and uh, movement altering abilities in this game are equally as important. And in fact, influencing... um, because everything is turn-based, the VEC will set up their attacks that will come out the next turn, and then you get your turn. So you can see the attacks that are going to go out if you don't prevent them, um, and they'll attack both your mechs and civilian buildings. Um, and civilian buildings are kind of your overall campaign health. Um, so you've got a, a thing called the power grid, which I think has like seven nodes in it. Um, so if the VEC attack buildings seven times throughout your playthrough and you haven't amped up your power grid and restored any of that over that time. Like that's, that's just it. Your game is over. Um, then your mechs will actually teleport to a different timeline and you'll get to choose one of your pilots to carry over with you. Um, the story is super rudimentary. It's basically like there are these four islands that people are living on each one of them with kind of a different geometry. Like there's a first one, uh, you know, where it's like, it's, it's green and there might be water or lightning storms or something. The second area is kind of a desert area and there might be sinkholes that open up, you know, the third area is an icy area and there's frozen water. But if, if it's damaged, then it can break through and things can fall into the ocean and, and, and die. If they're not flying units, they'll be killed by, uh, you know, by that. And then the fourth area is just, just a bunch of acid everywhere. Um, it's really cool. And the, it only takes like four hours to play through, um, from start to finish, um, on like your first playthrough. But after that, on my second playthrough, um, basically as, as you complete certain objectives and things, you can earn these golden coins and you can use those to unlock new strike teams with new mechs in them that have different types of synergy and all sorts of different type of stuff like that. Um, and so the first one that you can unlock for two gold coins, I think, is the Rusting Hulks, uh, which is my personal favorite um, strike team. Um, the Rusting Hulks have like really interesting synergy because what they do is each of their attacks creates this electric smoke, um, which damages enemies uh, every additional turn that they stay in it. So pretty soon they can just be spreading this electric smoke all over. Uh, the map and while enemies are in the smoke, they can't attack. So you can actually attack the enemy and then it basically cancels the attack that they were going to do. So it really becomes about manipulating your enemy, stealing turns from them and things like that. It's incredibly satisfying. Uh, and on my second playthrough, when I, when I, uh, was using that team, uh, I was able to beat the, the final encounter in about 45 minutes from, from beginning that, um, One of the cool things about this is it's really geared up much like other games like dead cells. Um, it's geared up towards multiple playthroughs. Like even if you, even if you ultimately lose and you get a game over, you haven't really lost everything because you've, you know, you've gained coins, you've gained experience. Uh, when you abandon, you can abandon that you can quote, quote, quote unquote, abandon the timeline at any time you want and start over. Um, since the levels and kind of the objectives and rewards are procedurally generated. But when you do that, you can also take one of your pilots and 
hold on to them for your next playthrough. Uh, so it, it's it's really cool and developing the synergy between characters and finding out how to deal with certain types of Vec enemies uh, and things like that and dealing with the environmental hazards and even abusing uh, movement abilities to push um, enemies into environmental hazards is just it's just really satisfying. Um, each individual, there are like eight maps per island and there are four islands. And then there, the final area has two maps, um, which is during the final mission, there are two maps. And then if you survive those, um, then you, you win. Um, so there are like, let's see, eight, 16, there are like 34 maps in the game. Um, and each one only takes like a couple of minutes. Uh, to beat. So it's really great for just some bite-sized kind of strategy action. It's super easy to just play one map and then be done, but it's also engaging and rewarding enough that if you want to sit down for a couple of hours, like I did on my first, uh, on my first playthrough and just play through it for like four and a half hours, um, to kind of get your, get your feet wet. Um, it, it totally holds up for that. So it's, it's really, really great. I mean, other, other people have, uh, have reviewed it, um, before me, I was, I was working on a wiki guide. That's why my review has taken so long, uh, and has gone out so far, um, after the embargo, but, um, it's really great. Uh, in fact, uh, it was the, the game awards have announced, uh, their nominees and it, uh, into the breach is up for best strategy game and best indie game. Um, so there you go. And it, I, it deserves it. I, it is, it's only $15 on the Switch eShop, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to spend uh, a better $15 than that. I mean, there are a few games that I think uh, might be in that, around that, uh, that price range, um, like Shovel Knight or something like that. And those obviously are like, it, it's, it's worthy to be mentioned in that same, uh, in that same breath. It's one of the best strategy games I've ever played. Um, and it, it definitely serves the other side of the spectrum uh, from Disgaea, where, where, where with Disgaea, there are a lot of ways to answer certain problems, like certain strategic issues that you encounter in the game. Like you can, you can level up a mage and do a lot of damage from range. You can just, you can use monk movement abilities to like attack people and move them around. Uh, and different things like that. But like in Into the Breach, there are very particular builds and very particular abilities that, that you will use in certain situations. And, and that's, that's one of the most satisfying things. Um, the, the, one of the latest, um, squads that I unlocked, I think are called flame behemoths. And their whole thing is they just create fire everywhere. And, uh, it's just more environmental hazards and stuff like that, but it's really great. I highly recommend it. Um, one of the other games uh, that is a great value uh, and is worthy of being mentioned uh, in the same breath as games like Shovel Knight uh, is The Messenger, uh, which I got. Uh, thank you, wonderful people over at Pop Agenda uh, for hooking me up with that. Um, it's got great writing. It's super clever. It The, the moment that I fired it up, um, I thought this is like Shovel Gaiden. Like this is... This is Ninja Gaiden and Shovel Knight, um, and it's incredibly satisfying. It, it kind of eschews the Dark Souls death mechanic for a new one that feels a little bit less punishing uh, to me in that you never actually lose currency. So like in, in um, uh, 
in Dark Souls and in Shovel Knight, um, y- when you die, you drop your whatever currency you had on you. Uh, well, in Dark Souls, you drop all of your souls on that spot. And then if you can make it back to that place, you can reclaim them um, and things like that. In Shovel Knight, you drop a portion I think it's like half of the money that you have or some percentage like that. And they'll be in like these floating little money bags and you can make it back and, uh, and pick them up. Uh, I actually think the way that the messenger handles death is better because what happens is the first time you die, this little floating goblin thing, um, uh, appears and basically he takes, um, Basically, he he follows you around for a while, and any money that you pick up, he just takes that for a while. Um, So you never actually lose money from dying. He'll just basically tag on like a little bit of a tax on the next uh, little bit of cash uh, that you find. Or I think after a certain period of time, he just leaves. Um, So I think that's like a really cool way to handle that. You have infinite lives and things like that, uh, but you can use that money to... um, Every once in a while, these little gates will pop up uh, and you can go into them and you can interact with the shopkeeper who is like my favorite character in this game. He's really funny and he's got a really dry wit. Uh, And there's a there's a closet in the in the corner of the room. I highly recommend that you just go and just try to open it as many times as you can. The interactions with with the shopkeeper are awesome. Um, It gets it gets challenging pretty quick. There aren't that many, uh, at least to the point where I am in the game, there aren't that many variations of, uh, of monsters and demons and things like that. But the gameplay is very fun. Um, pretty soon, um, you'll be like climbing up walls as a ninja and jumping all around, slashing at people with your sword. You'll get shuriken that you can throw across, uh, you know, across the screen. It's really good. Um, and that's another one that I think is like, if you're looking for kind of a fun, not too challenging, um, you know, uh, platformer game, but one that's like not super easy either. Um, the messenger is, is awesome. So you should definitely check that out. And that is another one that is, uh, that, uh, the messenger has been nominated for the game awards for best indie game and best debut indie game because this is Sabotage Studios' first release. And kudos to them, because I can't wait to see what they do for either The Messenger 2 or whatever game that they want to come up with next. Uh, Another game uh, that I played was This is the Police 2. Uh, So back on, I think it is episode 72? Hold on, I I gotta check this out. I gotta check this out. Um... Because we had Audrey on the platformers um, way back in the day. Just way back in the day. And she was talking about the first... um, The first... This is the police. Uh, I actually let her uh, play around with this one. I, I, uh, I basically handed over my save file and let her delete it because you can only have one... Uh, in your, in the game at a time. And so I let her kind of start over and play around with it. And then I went and started over after she kind of fell off of it. She's not as big on this game uh, as she was on the first one. Um, Basically, this is the police one was like a glorified management sim where you basically run a police department. You determine who, um, 
who comes into work, you know, who goes on uh, cases, who solves stuff, who does any of the detective work and all that sort of business. Um, and this one actually has a man. This is like grid based tactics night. Um, there are like grid based tactics uh, parts when you go up um, on like certain dish bass dispatch missions uh and like you'll control each of your um detectives and you'll have them approach and then you know stun a guy and it's it's very tactical like you can have you can you have to equip people with certain weapons and those sorts of things like every time they come in on their shift you you know distribute tasers and charge packs and pepper spray and all this sort of stuff and people have you know they have different stats now that you can level up based on if they're successful you know, in their cases or missions or things like that. So it's way more involved um, as far as in the minutia of missions. It's not just a percentage chance of, oh, you sent this person out. They're pretty good. They solved it. You know, you, you take a much more active um, kind of a hand in this game this time around. I like it. Um, I It had a little bit, uh, it was a little bit heavy on the exposition um, up front, but now that I've actually gotten past it, like there's, there's legitimately like almost 45 minutes of just watching people talk and setting up and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it felt kind of excessive, but now that I'm actually like into the gameplay, I'm really enjoying it. Um, if that sounds like something that's, if like police drama and that sort of thing, um, appeals to you, then I mean, hook it up. This is the place too. come on. The graphics are better. I think the gameplay is tighter, although it's it's definitely not the kind of simplified vision uh, that this is the police one was. I I still think that even though they're trying to tackle a bunch of different things, they still all totally work, um, which is impressive. So the management stuff works and the strategy stuff works, which is not always easy to do. So lots of comic book style art and stuff like that. So if you're into that, then check it out. Uh, another thing was um, Reigns, Kings, and Queens, which some of you may have heard of Reigns uh, because of uh, the Reigns Game of Thrones game that is on mobile. And basically what Reigns is, is it's a it's like a... You control a member of royalty and basically make your decisions on how you are going to rule your kingdom based on like Tinder swipe mechanics. And it sounds totally ridiculous, but it's actually really great. Um, and the, the writing is so weird and quirky and funny and totally absurd that it's just, it's awesome. Like I, I didn't know that I was going to latch onto it. And then, uh, I had, uh, I had my little brother over and it was, uh, it was Audrey who was like doing some work or something like that over at her computer. And, uh, my little brother was sitting next to me on the couch and I was playing up on the TV screen in docked mode on switch. Um, and before within like five to 10 minutes, they, they, each of them kind of glanced over and then like saw something ridiculous that, you know, that I, that was being proposed. Uh, and then, you know, they were in and before the night was over, like they, they both like kind of took their turns. Um, I will say 
Reigns, Kings, and Queens has two different play modes. One is Kings and the other one is Queens. I'm assuming these were separate games at one point, but now they're part of this bundle of Kings and Queens. Um, Tyler played Kings for a while. Um, I started up my game on Queens because, I mean, come on, Queens. Come on, why not? Uh, and really, really enjoyed it. It looks like Kings was maybe an earlier uh, game because the UI is a little bit more simplistic. The writing isn't quite as good, and it looks like there's a bit more repetition in kind of the things that they put to you. Uh, but I highly recommend playing uh, Queens because it's freaking awesome. Like, it's really good. Uh, basically, what happens is um, you make decisions on how you rule, but you can't let any of your four gauges max out or uh, bottom out. So, like, you've got you've got your religious one, and that's symbolized by a cross. Uh, and then the next one is uh, popularity, uh, and that's symbolized by, like, a, a little stick figure. And then your third one is your military might, which is signified by a sword. And then the fourth one is – what's the fourth one? Oh, the fourth one is money. Uh, which is uh, symbolized by a dollar sign. So basically what happens is anytime you, um, they'll they'll pop up with these, these cards and it'll say, Hey, here's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, give me money to make a giant statue of you made out of gold. And, uh, you lean the, the analog stick to the left and it will kind of tease out that if you say no, Um, these little dots will appear and it'll be like, okay, well, this will impact your money and that sort of a thing um, and your popularity. But it won't tell you which direction it's going to go. But you can kind of, you can kind of suss it out yourself. And then, you know, you lean the analog stick to the right and the card will lean over to the right and it'll be like, well, definitely do that. You know, and then it'll show you which other ones it's going to impact. So basically you have to do this balancing act and it's really difficult um, to like, keep from dying but the cool part is it doesn't matter when you die because whenever you die it just assumes control of the next person in line to rule um and then it starts all over again and there are storylines and little quests uh objectives that uh will pop up that persist between characters a lot of stuff persists between characters the only thing that doesn't is um kind of your financial, uh, military populist and, uh, kind of religious standing. Cause each person has their own kind of way that they do things. There are so many weird ways to die in this game. It's, it's really bizarre, but, um, if you're interested in that, it's available on switch. I'm not quite sure how much it is. Um, but it's also available on mobile and I can definitely, definitely, definitely see this as a great phone game that is like just really fun to play you know, from time to time when you're, you know, waiting in a line or, or something like that. So, um, uh, elseways, uh, let's see. Windjammers. Uh, another game I played is Windjammers and it's freaking awesome. I, I played Windjammers on, uh, on switch. We met up with, uh, the developers who are bringing out Windjammers 2, at, uh, at PAX West, uh, Wolf and myself did. It was freaking great. Uh, it wasn't Wolf's Jam, but I was immediately like, holy crap, this game is like really good and a lot of fun. Um, and the original Windjammers is now out on Switch and it's freaking like almost just as good. Like it's, I, I was imagining it to be kind of um, outdated because I think it was actually like a, 
uh, I feel like it was like a like a like a Sega like a Dreamcast game or something. Hold on. No, it's a Neo Geo game. Okay. So it's a Neo Geo arcade game that released in 1994 and later on the Wii Virtual Console by Data East. So yeah, so it's so it's even older than that. So yeah. So it's freaking great. I love it so much. Um it's basically like playing air hockey. Um except I mean I Look up videos. Like, it's crazy. It is so 80s. It's ridiculous. Like, people are wearing neon jumpsuits and and all sorts of stuff. Freaking hair bands and all this stuff. You, basically, you have, like, different... The different face buttons control the way... Like, the, the speed and the power with which you throw your, your disc. Um, it's basically, like, imagine two people on a tennis court, but instead of having tennis rackets and tennis balls, they have nets behind them and they're holding frisbees. And they can bounce off of walls. They can, you know, you can do curve throws, all this sort of stuff. And you basically volley back and forth, but you're trying to, like air hockey, score it into the goal on the on the person's other side. And um, there are different, uh, like the, the centermost um, goal is worth the most points. And then as it goes out to the sides, they're worth uh, fewer and fewer points. Uh, and basically it's, you just go back and forth like, uh, like you would in a tennis match as far as scoring is concerned. It's freaking awesome. Like I'm so ready to play some co-op, um, on this game at like a parties and stuff like that. Um, especially when Windjammers two comes out. Cause I know that they've added like more players, more stages, different stuff like that. And they, and they have like a different art style. However, I I may actually be partial to the old style on the original Windjammers because it's it's got that kind of uh, kind of like that pis- that pixelated like screen door kind of a look that that uh, that you had on old CRT monitors and stuff like that. But it's it's on the Switch like that. It's it's freaking great. Um, there's a lot of subtlety to the to the combat and it's really really intense going head to head with people. Even um, even like in arcade mode against the CPU, like there are no pushovers. Like you gotta, you gotta learn your stuff. Um, so man, I guess, I guess that's about it tomorrow. Uh, Pokemon let's go Pikachu and Eevee comes out. And then, uh, before too much longer, smash brothers comes out. So, uh, I guess we'll be coming at you later for that. Thank you for joining me on this solo episode of the platformers episode 118. If you have opinions on something that I said in this or a previous episode, or you want to recommend topics of discussion, let me know. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. Um, you can find, uh, the show at platformers pod on Twitter, but, uh, I'm probably just going to be tweeting stuff out from my private account, uh, for now. Um, if you want to watch me stream, I'll be streaming over at twitch.tv slash Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. Uh, please review us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you have a good time with the show, tell friends about it. Uh, from everybody here at the platformers, which I guess is just me this week. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful week because until next time I am out. <laughs>